Welcome to the Nightbox Soapbird Podcast. I'm Timothy Saylor, and I'm here with Reverend Jangle Bones and Kurt Huggins. And we're going to be your hosts this evening as we sound out the subconscious, navigate the nocturnal, and explore the farthest reaches of our experience. Reverend Jangle Bones is coming at you from a church rectory near a sacrificial bog in rural Denmark. Kurt Huggins coming to you from the ejector seat of the city that fell asleep. And me, Tim Saylor, coming at you from the back of an 86 Dodge Ram van in the great forest deep in the heart of the Kali Yuga. This is Radio for the Hauntological Turn. <laughs> How are we even going to do this? Like, shit, maybe I should stop. Just let it go. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll figure out what. The like, thing. how are we gonna um, put it together? Like, how? You know what I mean? Uh. Well, you like you put your intro in the beginning, right? Yeah. Well, we just yeah. like you just send me the raw file, and then I just do what I normally do with my raw file, and you do what you normally do with your raw file. Oh, cool. So, like. It'll be the same audio track, but yours has your intro and mine, like, maybe has some music from something we bring up during the show or something, you know, yeah. like I like to do. Uh, maybe not. Maybe I just lazy and I just fucking post it. Yeah. And then I do an impersonation of you doing the Nightbird intro. Dude, that'd then... be cool. I don't care about that. I wanted us all to give our, all to give where we're um, coming at you from. You know what I mean? Oh, that's, yeah, that's fun. You know? Uh, I, what would I even say? What would you say? Because I'm trying to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. Coming to you from a burning building in Brooklyn, New York. <laughs> Coming to you from, I mean, you're, it's a dystopia of some kind, right? Coming from, coming to you from the ever collapsing city. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I'm coming to you from a city that's always under construction. <laughs> but I guess most cities are. Atlanta's been really bad about that, though. Dude, it's real bad. Every time I come back there, there's like a there's like a whole other section of buildings that have just been dropped out of the sky. Yeah, it's never done. I wonder if that's its dreaming, man. I Maybe, finally. I mean, I feel like it was asleep for a really long time. And I um, really wonder about the name of it. Atlanta. Yeah. It very sounds a lot like Atlantis. And then it kind of sounds like Azatland too. I'm trying to remember what uh shit like that. Who it's whatever. who's <laughs> who it's named after. Um I don't know. It's named after... I think it's it's like a person, but I don't I can't remember. But it's it's like I love its old name. Terminus. Yeah. Terminus is a badass name. It yeah, is cool. it's beautiful. Uh, yeah, I think it's. I like, thought it was a, just named after the ocean or something. Man. I think it's it's. Mm, I think it's named after like an actual person, maybe. I want to meet that person. <laughs> I don't know. I I'm having to look it up because I just I can't I can't let it. Oh damn! I'm never gonna. Eh, whatever. Who cares? Um. Yeah, 
It's funny because now we don't have anything to say. Yeah, we recorded and we <laughs> fucked everything up. We just talked for like, you know, an hour. Endlessly yeah. gibbering. And now now it's like, oh no, now the now the microscope is turned towards us. Stop wiggling paramecium. <laughs> Pretend we're dead. <laughs> now, how are you doing down there? Like, are you um are you are you still like kind of living like in the same spot? Like, are you are you yeah. looking to travel again? What is your what is your plan? Do you have one? I don't have one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm trying to be able to pivot at a moment's notice, right? But I'm also kind of dragging ass on doing some repairs. And um, yeah, eventually I'd like to travel. I really want to make it. I want to take the show on the road at some point, but then also like I have this thing about doing um, geographicals, we call them. So like I've always done a lot of running away mm. at the time. If it gets tough, I get up and run. No. Oh. And this is real personal, but whatever it's, it's not a big deal. Um, <laughs> and I think actually right now what I'm supposed to do is be here. Um, you know, I'm getting to spend a lot of time with my grandma, mm. who's like 90, and I'm getting to spend a lot of time with my nephew, who's like almost two. And yeah, I mean, like, my people are here. I have like a network here somewhat. Um, and yeah, so I'm kind of like working through that. If that makes any sense, like, because I'll get this feeling like a wild hair and I just want to, I just want to go, mm. but it's always brought me back here after, when I do that. It's like always with the wrong motivation maybe you know what i mean yeah i don't know it's really that's it's really funny because like i've been trying to leave and for some reason i can't fucking leave yeah no matter how hard i try because like i i'm so close to moving and then uh i will like we were talking before hitting record that like i where I'm supposed to move, I'm supposed to move at the beginning of November. And now that's got delayed for three weeks. So I'm still, I'm still here. Like, and it, it's for whatever reason that the, the, the exit from Brooklyn to New York city is just taking a long time. And at this point, I think it's, that's just how it's supposed to be. Like, yeah. um, I am, I am going to move on from here, but it's just going to, it's like a really tight knot. That's only slowly unraveling. And it's, and it's funny because I think it's been unraveling since like for two years and it's, um, it's, yeah, it's uh, finally about to happen. Uh, but if it gets delayed again, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that'll mean. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I don't think I'm supposed to be here. I think that's the difference. I think, yeah, I really don't think I'm supposed to be here anymore. Um, yeah. What I'd like is for this to be like a base 
from which I can go on excursions. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, even if those excursions are like to the other side of the, the Turtle Island, you know what I mean? Like, but um, yeah, I don't. Yeah. That's really I. I kind of feel that too, Tim. Like the um, time to not run away <clears throat> kind of feeling, because. I mean, I guess for kind of different reasons, like I feel like my whole life has been just intense struggle and kind of came, you know, just, just enough to get by. Mm -hmm. And, and I feel like it was the same for my wife and um, like where we're at now, <clears throat> we love where we live. Like I'm going to language classes and like, loving it and digging in and getting to be like getting to the point where I can communicate with local people better and um for anybody who doesn't know I'm in uh Denmark and um and like being close to where the shit looks like some of the shit is hitting the fan in a big way or trying to um it's been there's been that feeling of like, do we, do we just move to Thailand or Mexico or <laughs> something like that? And I really considered it, but it, it kind of comes down to like, we spent two years fighting to be able to stay here together legally and to call mm. this home. And now this place has become home. We've been decorating this house together. This property is like a beautiful rectory because my wife's a priest and like there's it's been a, it's been hollowed ground for 800 years and there's a back you know way through the village to walk through just some nature to get to the actual church um <clears throat> and like it's perfect it's like we, we were put in this position my wife manages the um the like more public face of the community spiritual aspect and I'm the one like leaving offerings to land spirits and elevating graveyards and doing the invisible, the stuff nobody sees. And like, I know we were put here for a reason and it's fucking terrifying to think that, you know, we might be trying to heat uh, like a fucking five bedroom house with a tiny little fireplace this winter at some point or the next. Um, but like, what else do you do like it's the life you've been given it's the life that the spirits that we have that have our back have moved heaven and earth to put us here so it's like even if even if we die here mm. this is our place like this is the place that was set up for us to do whatever work it is we're here to do and yeah like it just seems silly to to deny that for like i don't know the, the possibility of dying earlier than later have have both of you always lived in cities just out of curiosity what do you classify as a city anything over say a hundred thousand people no hmm. no no i've lived in a few different i mean <clears throat> sarasota was kind of a tourist town florida um gulf coast and then like a smaller town after that and 
lived in the country in Ohio, lived in New Orleans. Yeah, kind of kind of a little bit all over. Because where I'm about to move is probably the smallest place I've ever I've ever lived. That's gonna be good for you, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It'll take some getting used to, but oh, like slowing yeah. the pace is nice. Yeah, actually, I that's right. How big was Milledgeville? Uh, when I was, I don't know how big it is now. I think it's growing, but when I was there, like maybe like seven thousand people. Is that? Oh wow. Okay. Let me make sure that that could be totally wrong, dude. That could have just been that's a of the that's like really small. Um, because it's crazy because like Burlington's small, but it's still like thirty nine thousand people. It's less than Twin Peaks, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, so we... the population right now is twenty thousand. It's eight okay. five. Um, so when I was there, it was probably like a little bit less than that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, okay. Yeah, but uh, I loved that. I had a little trailer in the woods, man. It was cool. <laughs> you know, I remember. Nice. I remember us turning it around. It, it it seemed like kind of a cool. Int- yeah, it's just it's gonna be so new for me because like I don't. Although New York's funny because you end up you end up kind of living in a small town within this giant city, but the giant city's still always there. But like you're you're in your neighborhood and that's all localized. So this is I I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what this is going to be like. I the feel pace like, is going to be so different. There? No, I'm from Atlanta. you're from here. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I knew that. It's like it's. I feel like living in Brooklyn like that. The way you describe it. It's it just feels in my head. It's like this is Final Fantasy Seven. <laughs> yes, the first third of the game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's been years since I played that. But yeah, uh, I kind of remember. You know what's funny? That game, like after they left the city, I was like, this is not as interesting as. Yeah, I, I'd same. I'd stop playing it. Yeah, I was like, I oh, want another I random want... encounter. Great. Yeah, that's like, oh, it's turned into five. They 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 knock us out of the park in three. I don't need another one of these, like or six, whatever one people yeah, think. That one's um, really good. I like. Seven that's my favorite too. one. That one's my absolute favorite. Like. Everybody loves seven. I remember I kind of that wasn't I don't I, <laughs> I mean it's a good documentary. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really like, it's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a good doc. Um it's uh smart city. That that, that had yeah, the, pulling the life force out of the earth or using it to power yeah. profane technologies. Yeah, yeah, where's our where's our Sephiroth though? Where's our where's our evil angel? Dude, <laughs> Joe Biden. With a nine foot long sword. <laughs> that's... I love that they just like were like, I don't know, choose some random English esoteric word to name them. Yeah. <laughs> how about Sephiroth? Dude, but those games are how I came to know about Odin. Oh, oh yeah. 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 Well, I mean, like, I don't know. Like, we probably read like I was reading like library books about myths forever too. So like it could have been concurrent, but yeah, that was like really like huh. one of the first times I saw him was as a summon in Final <laughs> Fantasy. <laughs> Isn't that oh, crazy? Man. Those, uh, goddamn, those summons, they were like, they were so cool the first three times. <laughs> but then they got <laughs> so annoying to watch. Man, yeah, it's just, just like, oh, god damn it. Damn, Knights like... of the Round is like uh, three minutes long or something. <laughs> it's. <laughs> Uh, there's no skipping. You just, I'm yeah. a Chrono Trigger guy. Oh, I never played it. 
I was always oh, I, I had an episode on that, man. Oh, oh yeah, I've never dude. played it either. What? Oh my god. Well, you know, that's the thing is if anything with random I'm encounters, just I don't jealous of you. They're not really random encounters in Chrono Trigger. You can avoid them because they're like they're the monsters are in it doesn't change screens. Oh well, uh, it'll I go to a turn based battle, but the monsters are on the map that you can, I can see them. I can do that. Because I can so avoid them good. if I didn't want to. Time XP. travel, right? So like the the world map is there's a world map in every period of time from like prehistoric ages to like this weird golden age where there's flying islands to dark ages mod like modern as in you know modern for the game and then um the like a post-apocalyptic future mm. And so you can like there are certain missions where you have to like go back, put something here in this time, and then time travel to the future and pick it back up. It's so good. Ah, uh, okay. I, I think there's, it's there... actually like one of those ones that's true. Okay. Mm-hmm. There there is a is there some like dramatic twist in the story or something? Because yeah. I know I know okay, yeah, because I know that that's another big part of it is that people are like the actual narrative in it is really good. The narrative is great. It's just really tight, man. You know, Final Fantasies are kind of all over the place. Yeah, yeah, it's not like that. Um, that but that was one thing. Well, again, like the pinnacle to me, and these are the Super Nintendo versions. Like, is Final Fantasy two and three. Yeah, I loved two, and like I think three is one of the best ones that they ever made. Three is amazing. Yeah, um, it's amazing, dude. Like, I don't think I played three either. Oh, oh man, fucking three see, is a masterpiece. Like, yeah, you, I mean, can I spoil stuff or what? What are we? I don't know. You have, yeah, fuck it. I, I mean, don't believe I don't believe things get spoiled. Okay, yeah, fuck like, it. I don't, I'll just you forget. get to watch the bad guy win. Yeah, and then you have to like live in that world. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's amazing. That's fun. That's really fun. Um, oh man. And yeah, that's great. That's like the, the badassery of Oblivion. Um, the best part about Oblivion was that, uh, you're just this side character. Like it just threw yes. you for a loop because you're like, it's like you do everything and still like you're not the fucking hero. You're just some side dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like nothing would have worked out without you, but that's true for anyone that was involved, you know. And it the, kind of drills that home. The hero of Kvatch. I think so. The uh, the <laughs> well, yeah, how the other the it's like the I Martin? forget. I can't. It's been so long. Martin Septim. Yeah, yeah, like that. Dude's the the real dude the, the the steps in and like the whole thing was just for that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's a good Sean Bean death. <laughs> yeah no it's like uh i don't know i like final fantasy 7 doesn't stick in my head at all like i don't i know it's like everyone's favorite it's also weird like the trajectory of like jrpgs because when when i was a because i was playing them in the nintendo era like dragon warrior and that shit and they were not cool at all yeah like every everyone played like Timco Tepco Super Bowl or whatever the fuck that game was Timco Super Bowl. Do you know what I'm talking? Tecmo. Te- Tecmo. Tecmo Super. Yeah, like it was always sports games and other random bullshit. Like no one I didn't play any of those. Yeah, me neither. Um, it's funny. I was always like for the earlier systems. I was always a platformer guy. Like 
there were there were a bunch of weird obscure platformers that i got really into like castlevania yeah well, i mean I, I love castlevania but like uh what was it there was one that was like on a adventure island super adventure island mm. those were fucking dumb and great and like they were just well-made platformers that i i really loved one of my favorite games of all time was on regular nintendo it, you can't even hardly find a trace of the existence of this game anymore but it was called zexus x-e-x-u-s it was either konami or capcom but <clears throat> like it's 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 very difficult to even find an internet post that references this game but it was really fucking great it was like a, a castlevania like style where you get upgrades and things and you're this little guy but you also had to like find these portals and travel to other worlds and you would come back and then the world would be different when you do nice. things in the other one there were these mm -hmm. world state changes and stuff and it was on nes and i it, the game blew my mind and i rented it and kept it for like two months and <laughs> just paid a bunch of late oh, fees yeah. And then I never fucking saw it again. Like, but, but yeah, the, something about the platform. It's like all my cousins played all the fucking sports games, and it just bored me to tears. Like I didn't care at all. And then I wasn't. I think I was too ADD to get into the ones like that were closer to tabletop gaming. You know. Yeah. But the, yeah. those were things I got into later. I think once I discovered weed. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's. Right. Well, the, Nintendo was fascinating because there was all, there was a bunch of I owned. Um, there's that black book that's like the Nintendo Entertainment System that, that it's like really early on, and it was like like basically it's more or less a catalog of every game that they had at the time, yeah. and um, that then turned into like a Nintendo Power subscription. Like I, I think it came with it or something. I don't remember, but but it's so it's so funny how many like original Nintendo games are basically only only exist in my imagination right <laughs> because like i would i would pour over those things and look at all the screenshots and like imagine what it would be like to experience playing it but but i never got to play most of them the majority of those games because it's also like what was it like 40 dollars a game back then or something like which okay. was yeah but like what about even the ones that you did play Right, like when you get engrossed in something, um, in the story of it, or even even if it's just the basic archetypal thing, like with Zelda, right? There's these fucking blocks, but the idea of being like I'm a newbie and I get the sword and like you get sucked into that and you start to like project onto the fact that there's there's not a lot going on graphically or or visually stimulating wise. It's kind of like reading a book. You have your own. Yes world of it yeah yeah I, I in in a way i think it's actually you know this is probably not the right word to use but i think it's like actually healthier in a way like it's yeah because well, those it, games don't fuck with my imaginal as much yeah but it's because it's because you have to fill it in you're participating in it there's like yeah, yeah there, and i think yeah the uh, games that give it all to you uh, yeah and it's sort of why like the Although there are there are times when that's really cool too. That has it has its own place, but it's not. Um, it's, it's more of like an art form than an engagement. Uh, it's more like you're appreciating this thing someone crafted for you than yeah. You're engaging and building half of it yourself. Uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah which, it's it's more like reading. Which is which is why I often I like I I think since we're it's since we're reaching a point 
with games now where um verisimilitude where at such a high level of that like the quality of the graphics and everything it's like you can do anything so now all the old styles are coming back and like you can actually they have a, you you can see the purpose of them more and how they're better in a lot of ways um like uh yeah i think i think i think like for instance like the super nintendo what is it link to the past the third zelda game that's probably the best one even though everybody loves breath of the wild and i played breath of the wild and it's it's great but i still think that third zelda game is probably still the best zelda game it's yeah. really good it's probably the most immersive in many ways i think i think breath of the wild was a uh, like perfect illustration of how uh total freedom is boring like mm. like my favorite thing about elden ring is that it had these limitations where it's just like like you can see that place over there but um but you're just absolutely like cock blocked from it right now there's there's no explanation like you just you just can't get there because we don't want you to and we're not we don't care about it. to me something about making it too realistic it's just like yeah well life's a chore i came to play a game mm. so when i'm like changing clothes every 10 minutes to climb a wall i <laughs> i'm like this is fucking dumb i'm gonna go do the dishes that's like that's just as much of a challenge and just as engaging at some point that's there's this flip for me and i i just like i got like two of the bigger two of the four bigger bosses beat in that Zelda and and just quit. Like I just haven't played it since. I got it one year ago. I played it for three months off and on. Um <clears throat> but it's like Elden Ring, I haven't beat and I will fucking go back and, and beat it. Like I I love that game and I'll go back and play it again because there's they don't care. Like they don't give a fuck that it like there's these big beacons of like you have to save here and and it looks like a game. But it, it like it's still like super successful. Uh, it doesn't. I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I guess. I, 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 well, I, it's funny because the the aesthetics of Elden. I've I've I haven't played it, but I've I've watched videos of it and like the crazy boss fights and they're like the the creature design on those games are insane. Like, it's the, wonderful. like yeah, it's like the complete lunacy that that uh, uh, and the giant hats. Always the giant hats. Um, uh, I, I think I think that game I would probably jive with it more too because the aesthetic is just sort of more my thing. Yeah. yeah, this like weird, corrupted, like dark fantasy world. I sort of just enjoy that more than uh, the cartoonish. Like, it's it's still fun. It had it's pleasurable, but it's just not the same thing. I well, I to, to, yeah, to me, exactly. I think you nailed it because being free in a world that's like fake. Mm -hmm. is stupid it's like give me limits if you're gonna make the world look fake because then it's it becomes like a yeah you know, it's like thinking of like classics like mario or crash bandicoot or like sonic it's like these they're not fucking free-range games because they're cartoony and what makes them fun is the fact that they only work in certain ways and you get really good at working in those ways but it's like you, you can do anything but it still looks fake and it's like why don't i just go outside and build something 
uh i always kind of felt that way about minecraft too it's just like the best that i can do is like legos like the best that i'll ever do is legos (laughs) at least at least with elden ring it's like it's fake it's a game but being able to run around and have like the trees blow and have it feel real and then there's like this twisted creature with five mouths like talking to you about how things used to be good Uh. Um, (laughs) now everything is lovecraft (laughs) Yeah. Just Lovecrafted the shit out of everything. God damn it. <laughs> I mean, that's there's something about that that's like much more charming, I think. Yeah. Like you don't have to lie to me about being inside a story. Um, especially if everything's cartoony. I I think with the, the Elder Scrolls games, it really kind of worked being um having that free range shit because it was just so much to do. Like you can engage with anyone and take the story so many different ways. So they made it like dynamic and like support what the, the overall contention was. It's like a story generator. Like, um, have you ever played Crusader Kings at all? Crusader Kings mm-hmm. 2? No, what's that oh, about? Oh man, this game I had to like watch like multiple YouTube videos to even figure out how to play it. <laughs> it's great. It's like a feudalism sim where like most of the game is played on menus and stuff. Like, and then there's a map. <laughs> so (laughs) so but like but the whole goal is to like you play as your heir so whoever you choose to marry like you're you're marrying to form alliances you'll have children and like your firstborn who stands to inherit will have like shitty stats and but then like your second born is a total badass and you're like damn i don't want my firstborn to inherit (laughs) Well, I'm just going to send him to the priesthood, disinherit him, or you can like have him killed. It's just like a feudalism sandbox where you can like, be, like don't don't train him and have him lead an army. Yes, exactly. Right, right. Um, and yeah, it's just it's and then like That's random so events will happen. Like you can get you can basically like <coughs> like you'll have the greatest character going, and your like a strange brother who is a pretender to your throne will challenge you to a duel from your dungeon and kill your ass and it's hard you know and like it's really good but it's like you you like a whole i remember playthroughs i have of that where a whole story was created it was a like it was a story that that was unique it's (laughs) it's funny because that sounds similar i've never played it but it sounds similar to this game door fortress you know about that yeah yeah where where which is this it's like this incredibly like complicated like it's the same thing like you almost need to like you need like a four-hour seminar to understand how to play it or whatever (laughs) but but and it's this really weird strip like bizarre like stats and imagining but the it engenders this capacity to it just creates these insanely complicated stories and people will have these nutso things they experience in that in the game just because it has like all these variables that'll play and it's so fucking unique um it's funny it also also kind of reminds me of uh god what is that goddamn game eve online the one that is basically yeah, like i've account- read more about a, a, it than i played yeah because i think playing it's like accounting you're you're basically playing yeah. excel right <laughs> that's like a game <laughs> but but then it then same same thing these insane like alliances and wars and battles will happen but it's it's so like the way to interface with it is so technical and like complicated mm-hmm. yeah 
Well, and the See, players are just like pawns in it, right? Like, it, yeah, the story itself is bigger than any of the players, and they just kind of like were manning like a suicide spaceship. Squad, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, one of my one of my all time favorite games, which I only discovered last year, is called Kenshi, and uh, <clears throat> I know I've mentioned it to you guys before, but like, so on the other end of the storytelling spectrum. There's this idea of fuck plot altogether, just just nothing, and that's what Kenshi does. Where it's um, it's it's decent graphics, but you you don't get to see them that often because you're usually scrolled out to where everything looks like ants. <clears throat> but you you can start and there there are like shit. The mod community is incredible. Like playing Kenshi without mods is kind of silly, but um. But there's some really good ones. And and you can start with all these different sort of uh, start scenarios. And um, the, the world is populated with, like, it's, it's set on a different planet, um, kind of a post-apocalyptic or a pre, pre-functioning civilization. But I think it's after some kind of cataclysm on, on some populated world. But it, it's very much like uh, samurai swords and uh handmade weapons and things like that uh and at first like pretty much anybody looks at you and you get knocked out and like you you might start in any number of places and there are all these different territories and factions um there are slavers and there's the holy nation and there are the the um I forget what they're called but they're like these they're, uh, another species altogether like the holy nation's racist and they hate everyone and uh that isn't like white and they they don't like women either um <laughs> it's um it's it's really fun uh because you you kind of start off you just you're so weak that you can't do anything but when you get knocked out you don't really die you just get back up after you're knocked out for a while and you have some more experience points. So you have to do that for a really long time before you can even like win one fight. <laughs> and then from there you have to start. It's like an incredibly slow grind. But that reminds it's so me much... of Mountain Blade Warband. I don't I don't know that. It sounds similar. It's but it's like it's squad based too, so you can eventually recruit people. This is like that and, too, where you recruit yeah. people. And you get dragged around as a slave sometimes, like. Yeah, yeah, you can get you can get knocked out and taken as a slave, and then you have to work until your stats build up enough to break free. Um, but there's the fact that there's no plot means that it's like you end up projecting the entire thing, like because you can do like a sort of base building thing within it too. But like I started off as this girl. Uh, there was like a, a start mode where you have a, a a sword that's way better than than you should have. And, and so I did that. So she has nothing but this sword and she's, she can't even use it because she's super weak. And like created this backstory in my head yeah. that like, uh, you know, someone tried to rape her and she killed him and it was some magistrate and she had to run away from the Holy Nation and like has his sword. So she's easily identifiable. And you start with a huge bounty with this scenario. Um, but like reading about other people's experiences is so fun because you can see like you can like read their personalities into the way that they played the game because they like one dude said 
he's like, I started off and I'm building up and I have a couple recruits and I'm, I'm starting a little base and I got a mine and then I get raided and one of my guys gets taken. And so then I recruited 20 more people over the course of the next three weeks of playing the game and built all of them up and eventually went and destroyed the entire slavers nation and took back my fucking person. Like it was like this months long campaign that they just had this, this vendetta and they actually got their character back. Like after all that time, they were still just over there gaining experience because the game keeps going on without you. Like, um, it's just so fucking fun. But I think that's really cool that there's, so this is a game with more, uh, a lot more texture and a lot more graphics and things than like Zelda, but you still get the the projection. Like if, if you leave, room even though there's a lot like a lot more visual stuff is explained for you um yeah it's just interesting it's interesting how how story is crafted through this medium to either either like really focus in and try to like lead you into a specific experience or um what the intent is like if that's to leave it open and let you do it and i think it's interesting that we categorize games based on like the internal setup, the way a designer would think, rather than that creative element. Like we don't say, is it a game with guided story or is it more open story? Um, Like that's not like a primary category. Um, I think that's interesting. It's kind of like when you go to look for movies on, on like a streaming service and you're like, you're in the mood for a certain kind of vibe and you go in like the sci-fi section and it's like okay you got like movies like Blade Runner and Drive and um like certain movies have like this this stylistic feel and you're like oh, I want something like this but it doesn't actually show up in the genre section it's like I think we might be categorizing things in a weird way or something yeah, I think you're probably right about that. I'm sorry, that was the, you, really you, want the, you want the mood over the genre. Yeah, what if we yeah. start a pirate streaming service that just funnels all the other streaming services into one and they're like categorized by vibe? By mood, yeah. <laughs> you just pick a color. That's it. What do you think the... Okay, so take the worst of everything that we're talking about so what? <laughs> so the game that both is hyper realistic, or maybe has great graphics, or whatever you want to call that, and then it's also like you're on a rail, going through it, and you're just being brought through it. Because hmm. there are games like that. What do you think? Like, what is the effect of that on a person? I kind of have a point here, but like. We can go off from that if we need to. But you know what I mean? Like, I've been thinking a lot about this lately. Yeah, we had a lot of interesting stuff about that kind of thing come up in that episode with Tim Woody, like about trails and agency. And like, because that game, Stanley Parable, is very fucking intense about that stuff it's like 
are you actually choosing the path or is this just a, a like a cattle shoot? Yeah, I listened to y'all um, talk about it and I was like, do I want to play that game after hearing that? Or do I, like, it sounds like an experience. But I was it's, like, yeah. it's great. Actually I actually, I, 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 I think it's actually really great. I'm I, sure it's great, but like yeah. that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm ready for it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, it's funny what you, uh, what you're talking about made me think about um, oh, Dear Esther. I think is what it's called. Yeah, where it's just straight up like you're almost watching a movie. Yeah, except you're, it's like you're walking through. It's a space like that you're walking through, and it's there's a narrative that sort of emerges out of it, but it's not. Um, you don't make a lot. You don't really make choices. Actually, there's not really any choices to be made. You're just like you're just going through it, the and you're sort of wandering around and experiencing. I think they call it a walking simulator. Um, yeah. And it is intriguing. It's. Um, would I want it's also brief like there's not a lot to it it doesn't it's not like I, I would I want to do more than than what is it and I'm also you know it makes me think of things like uh like haunted houses which is also very like contained I mean sometimes I think they give you illusions of choices but that's not you don't really have them you're just gonna go you're wondering you're on the path and that's it um yeah, I don't know. Is your is your point more like is that good or bad or is it I don't know about good or bad and I might have even phrased it poorly by saying take all the worst parts. Uh -huh. I'm more thinking of the ones that walk you through a war and just make you shoot everyone. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I think those are like serious like I think that's like some Ender's game shit, man. Mm -hmm. I, I think that in general about um <clears throat> plot devices and 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 narrative kind of uh, archetypes like not the characters but the, the way that the story is told and when when you start getting uh, like introduction conflict you know climax resolution wrap up like just over and over again you start to expect that out of your own experiences in life yeah and i think that that plays into what you're saying because it plays into any time you're fed the same patterns of the way that story unfolds like the only way that story actually unfolds is the way that unfolds in life and then everything else is something trying its best to kind of explain that or or explain something that's like a deeper archetype maybe that's um that's the thing that causes the things in life so like uh fuck i don't know if that made sense but <laughs> yeah so i like i like a game where you can choose to solve problems in a way that isn't like okay if the only way to solve a problem in the game is to bash then I'm just not quite interested. Like, take a Fallout, for example, where you can, like, max your speech and never have to even, like, fire a shot. You can beat the game by, like, 
hacking a computer and getting through or like getting a robot to do this shit or whatever, you know, and but like, stealth. Yeah. Like, yeah. And that to me, I don't even know if I'm phrasing this right, but like, as opposed to conditioning me, I mean, movies do this too, where like it's conditioning me to solve problems in only one way. And that is like, dude, I used to kind of be like, no, video games don't uh, make people violent. But dude, I don't really think that I think that anymore. Like, I mm -hmm. think that they very much can. Well, yeah, Controversial take, maybe. It depends on the person, depends on the game, right? But like, yeah, I, I think any, any like, un, like anybody who's not self aware, who, who doesn't have connection to reality, feeding things into their mind in a mindless way, that's gonna end badly eventually. It's gonna, it's because they're not conscientious of the fact that it's purely entertaining. So you don't have that actual. Like, there's no one way or another about it. Like, but our I, society I, I, hate, is... I hate that people land one way or another. They're like, it's yeah. either this or it's that. And it's like, it's fucking... People are different. Yeah. And there's <laughs> there are different kinds nuance. of people. Yeah, There's loads of nuance. But our society is kind of, like, set up at this moment to, ha like, to feed those experiences to people in a very narrow way. And so it just makes me think, man, like... I don't know. Well, it definitely makes us all self-centered. soldiers? Yeah. Well, it makes us all self-centered for, for sure. I think, um, oh, man, yeah. The, the idea that uh, you're the main character and everyone else is a supporting role and... NPCs. And that's, a, that's a whole theory that some people have is that some people aren't even real. Yeah. Do you hear people talk about this? Oh, yeah. yeah. I see people in on Twitter like that I in the magic community that that are like referring to certain people as NPC and it's like man I know I know what it's like to be covered up by the the blanket of of just uh whatever the the garbage is of uh programming and and fear and trauma and just being like completely shut out from any connection and, and just afraid all the time like it wasn't that long ago that i was a fucking drug addict so it's like i i'm not gonna be the the cold bastard that that calls those people npcs um yeah because like there was a time where i looked like i had no life left in my eyes right dude i was on a predetermined track right <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's like there's no no one has the right to say if someone else can turn their shit around. Right. Oh fuck. I what are you thinking about, that. Kurt? I hear I see your wheels turning. I'll be back. I'm gonna get a cup of coffee and no, it just, out. It just yeah. it reminds me of uh do you know that guy Michael Malice? Yeah. Yeah, he he had this really it was weird because I I didn't expect this, but it seems like he's starting to get into like spirituality and psychedelics, at least curse like at a cursory level. And he said this weird thing where he's like, I don't think everyone has a soul. And I'm like, uh, oh, Damn. like that's a that's a really that's mm, that's a weird place. And it's kind of like, the, like a that's like slope. <laughs> yeah, that's like that's like this. That's like the idea that you're talking about, like dialed up 
yeah to like past 11 like just like that they don't even they don't really exist i don't know it's so it's so weird because like uh <laughs> i'm i'm definitely a fucking hero in my story god damn it no yeah um that's cool um i don't know it's and it like what you're i'm also resistant to that idea of like oh well these violent games cause violence um and then and also like if they're training people to be soldiers they wouldn't be very good soldiers yeah but like they would be they would be cannon fodder so i have a friend that was in the marines and what he did was he manned drones uh and that's a different thing it was like okay. a fucking video game he said yeah and it was like he had has really bad ptsd um and i kind of think it's probably i can't say for sure because i haven't had any of that experience but like I feel like, you know, they say, like, oh, you know, at least war is fought humanely now. Like, you don't even have to look your enemy in the eye. Like, I think it's worse. Yeah, it is. Like, that that's the trajectory of war is to get as far away from the person you're killing as possible. That's, like, that's been its whole trajectory from, like, knife to sword to spear to arrows to, like, missiles. Like, and now, yeah, it's gotten to this point where, like, you don't even you don't even see them half the time or if you do they're like some weird uh night vision yeah a night vision smear. thing on the screen yeah yeah um and i th- th- there's nothing humane about that that's like dehumanizing and and i think i've all i i haven't looked into it too much but the little bit i heard is that that program really fucks people up bad yeah like it uh because there is just something really it's war is grotesque but that's grotesque at a whole other level you know that we don't even know how medieval battles were fought we don't have any idea how that worked all we have is speculation all we have Uh, is interpretation we have no idea how medieval battles were fought huh we just don't know that all everything you hear is someone's interpretation theory or interpretation or whatever like there's no conclusive there's just nothing conclusive so yeah i don't know like maybe like um the dude what's his name that does hardcore history dan carlin dan carlin has a thing where he talks about like you would resist to your very last like a bayonet charge like no one wants to do that and like so i imagine it's probably the same way with um like hand-to-hand combat right like i think it's like a lot of pushing and (laughs) so what i'm getting at is like that may be an actually more humane way to fight than the way we fight now Mm mm-hmm not that I want people to cut each other's heads off or anything, but like there's a there's a reality to being in the same distance as another yeah. human being. Like it should have to be intimate. Yeah. Yeah. It deserves the respect of intimacy. Yeah. 
because there is a weird thing like you if you if you watch like prize fights um often people they they go in a ring and they go to war each other they end up hugging at the end yeah um and i don't know if like medieval or sword to sword combat would even have remotely the same but i can imagine like you know maybe like oh i don't i don't have to hack this person to pieces i've got like i've knocked them down and like they they're surrendering and like if as long as they stay down then it's okay i don't i don't have to fucking kill this person necessarily and, and that's especially scorpio <laughs> right and then they're like there's, you fucking hit me in round two i'm fucking ending this there's always outliers well it's also especially if you're talking about like medieval warfare for instance so there's a class element to it too where like you wouldn't hack up the other guy on the horse because he's a lord or a knight of some kind and he fetches a ransom but you will slash the fuck out of the footman because it's like whatever dude but like the elites on each side, they take hostages, but they try to kill your peasants because killing the peasants means that you don't have as many people to work your land. It's the same thing that's happening now. The elites don't kill each other. They take hostages, but the peons like us, they don't care so much about. I don't know how I turned it into that, but <laughs> I did. Well, no, it's it's weird because I think it's like, uh what what's there's that term noble noble so oblige oblige i forget how you say it which is the obligation of the nobility is what that translates to basically and it's this it's this concept that that you are you have wealth uh and because you have the wealth you have this obligation to take care of those that are beneath you and um that doesn't exist anymore really because even a lot of the idea of charity is just another scam to fucking wash money right that's 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 another uh enter merit yeah well, um which like as bad as probably that was at least there was maybe some possibility like you might know your peasants they might you might care about them to a certain degree maybe who knows like i i have it's such a it's so funny that that was like the majority of human life and like i can't it's so fucking alien to me like i, I don't even i have no idea what it would be like to to exist at that in that state um well, i think you just need like a a judge and a shaman. wait 10 years i was about to say give it three months <laughs> you just need like each each small community needs and they need to all be small communities mm -hmm. as a judge and a shaman and like, a sheriff maybe the sheriff's that, the same as the judge that is the judge like a judge yeah. of yeah. israel type judge there's, there's no middleman like it, it's someone that that everyone agrees their moral character is sound enough that they can be trusted to make those calls in the moment like like they're they're kind-hearted and they they mostly want they they just want everyone to be okay this is but if necessary if necessary they'll put someone down and mm -hmm. they don't have to answer to anyone for that except the people who agree that they should be in that position mm. which that's one are you ashlanders of morrowind live but that's for another show <laughs> <laughs> yes it is oh that's gonna be so good oh um, which one do you think you are me yeah oh 
the shaman more than the the yeah i don't give a f- I, I don't want to be the one deciding those things like I'd, I'd much rather be negotiating the spirit to human world than the human to human world what about you tom oh man you know humans are exhausting i used to yeah they are i used to always choose a warrior um as my class right Mm. um so i think that might say something but i don't know like oh yeah this is good let's take it to video games and everyone has to answer like what your class would be uh yeah that's that's (laughs) even better let's broaden it let's broaden it yeah (laughs) but that's changed some right Mm. and now i usually choose a magic user of some kind um yeah, it can be from any game. Yeah, my life goal as a kid was to be Gandalf. I don't know if I'd... Uh... Yeah. Just straight wizard? Yeah. Well, the, it's... Uh, yeah, it's... If I'm honest about like that question I posed to you guys about whether being the shaman or the judge, I think I would end up being the judge. I don't think I I'd would... want to be it, but I think I'd end up being That That's why you would be it. Yeah. And, yeah. and actually, I would I would agree with that. Like, if if we were in a community together, I think that would be good. And and to be honest, I would be happy with him being uh, some kind of protector if if he wanted to be. <laughs> um, My thing like is it, like, and trust you to make those kinds of decisions. Why and can't I trust you... Kurt to determine someone's heart? You know. Yeah. Why can't you be? What were you going to say, Tim? Why can't you? I like to skirt boundaries. I don't know. And be both, yeah. I mean, I yeah. think ideally you'd you'd rotate the the um yeah um but I don't know, and 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 it's not even a thing like where I it's really weird to like think about this. I just the way other people I've known through my life have reacted to me, and the way I've treated certain people, I was like, I think I would end up doing that goddamn job. Yeah, whether I'd want to or not, I think I've done it in a way. The judge, yeah, yeah, because I managed this bar that was like all college kids, and I was like the mature one. Yeah, but I was like twenty-seven. But I always had to like fire people for the um the owners, and I fucking hated yeah. it. But I would do it because they told me to. It's weird. They're both liminal positions. Like you're both, both of you, both of those positions are outside of the society. Yeah. I mean, to be any kind of, I think you kind of have to be to be making those calls. Yeah. I don't know. Do you? I think so. I, I just want to th- live in a cave, dude. <laughs> L- Lercy life for the women. Yes, man. Yes. Well, that, society well, that, is tedious. But that's the problem is that like, yes, I, I agree. I think I'd really, but at, they'd come knocking at your door. <laughs> they do, like, man. And then hey, you can like, this guy, can you tell take us some of these doing? nuts and put them in this brew and then leave me alone. Like, you gotta <laughs> find, you gotta find a cave with a strong enough and mean enough spirit and then befriend it. And yeah. then no one comes to your cave. <laughs> <laughs> like the but idea so, of living, the Thai thing about like just living in a graveyard sounds so good to me, dude. <laughs> me too. Me too. I, I, I same. That's what, okay. So if we had to pick character class, 
Like I I would revise that to Cemetery Hobo. Necromancer. Uh, <laughs> Necromancer. Well, I would be across. I would I would say I would if I could choose, like I I'm aspiring to this, right? I don't think that I am this or anything, but I would aspire to necromancer slash druid. Mm, yeah. So it's like like sewn into the land both the, the above and below ground um that's yeah. that's man that sounds good to me like that that feels like uh falling asleep in moss with mushrooms growing out of your face or something like hell yeah <laughs> like like the fountain oh dude i think like a battle mage man like what about like okay yeah that's that's that makes sense for you to me yeah i like that like a tank that can cast a little bit mm. That's usually well, like what you're, I you're like commanding, You're commanding yeah. your troops based on divination and visions and like casting buffer spells on your troops. Yeah, casting mm. buffs is great. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that I like that. That's cool. And I, I do think Kirk could be like the high wizard. I live down near the bog in a shack and he lives sacrifice, on the sacrifice chickens and goats to the bog lady. And <laughs> Kirk lives up on the mountain. Like, well, and there's a cave nearby the bog, or otherwise I wouldn't be able to stand it. <laughs> but yeah. but Kurt lives up in the mountains in a cave. Uh, and uh, people, like, anytime the people have, like, an issue, they'll make a pilgrimage up there, and they have to call him out of the cave and ask for his judgment on something. <laughs> and, like, he's got all these, like, beakers and different colors <laughs> of flame going in the background. <laughs> He's always <laughs> contemplating an orb. Yeah. It always, it always, it always ends with me telling him to throw somebody in the bog. I'm just like, <laughs> fuck you. They don't bother you. I'm gonna like, make them body. Like, like Tim's there getting extra blessings on his like war shit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is how it goes down. <laughs> Damn, we need a rogue then. Yeah, it's funny. I, uh, okay, so that that's the thing. I went through a phase in my life. Where I was always the rogue. And as soon as I stopped being a drug addict, I went back to being the mage. Oh, yeah, nice. <laughs> it's so funny. It's like it, it always mirrors for yeah. me, like what character class I'm picking. Um, yeah, it's really weird. I wonder what I wonder what Gary Gygax was on when he figured all this shit out like because these things are so like perfectly archetypical it's perfectly archetypical like dude yeah. the alignment chart is what's up i think like it's really oh, good what are your alignments yeah that's a tough question man oh yeah um, it's not it's not for me are you chaotic good yeah, of course I am. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's uh, you know, it's funny. That's what I immediately thought of too. I almost yeah. want. I almost would go chaotic neutral, which is like kind of scary, but like, yeah. I always like keeping people with different alignments around. Like, <laughs> yeah. it helps me to like know where mine stand, and also to be a little bit looser with them, and like not take myself so seriously sometimes um like both both like lawful good and chaotic neutral are good alignments to be around if you're a chaotic good because you're like you see the stricter end and you see the looser end and um 
yeah makes it makes it easier to just kind of be like fuck it whatever because that's what my class is all about my alignment's yeah. all about fuck it whatever do what you want mostly just trust your heart and go like you know make some merit <laughs> Lawful good, lawful good sounds exhausting dude yeah yeah it does not well, not as exhausting as lawful evil probably though true enough true enough i think that's like well, i don't know how to finish that thought <laughs> <laughs> well like i just i imagine lawful good being like exhausting and kind of a pain in the ass, but also that great holy feeling you get would be just on you all the time. And yeah. lawful evil is is like getting Buddha tattoos on the bottom of your feet. Yeah. That's like committing to the, the profane and oh I don't want that. That sounds horrible to just be there all the time and like commit to sticking to rules and precepts to stay low enough that you can keep doing shitty things <laughs> yeah so that's like a sith right like i'm trying yeah. to like put it in context that, that i understand which it's usually just star wars uh <laughs> <laughs> fair you know yeah it does dude it's you have to be so edgy all the time it's like star wars and old testament are like the things that really hit hard for me when i was dude, a kid me so, too, man. you know that kind of thing i love the old testament that's why when you said judge i knew exactly what you meant yeah, <laughs> that's my favorite book of the Old Testament. It's just a bunch of cool stories about like wild, like crazy warriors that also like spoke to this desert god, like you know, a jinn. Yeah, I basically think I basically think Yahweh is a jinn for real. I should have brought that up when we talked to Derek. That's a cool idea, actually. That is a cool idea. Um, I, I gotta take my dog outside, so I'm just I'm gonna be stepping away for a minute. I gotta take a piss. I gotta do that too. So it's uh, all. Uh, did I did I send you? Oh, never mind. I forgot what? we're recording. I'm not gonna talk about that now. Oh, you're good. I didn't realize I could pause recording. I've never used that feature. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, no, I mean yeah. that's interesting because then you don't have to edit. Yeah, I wish I did less of that, but I can't help it. Yeah, I, I, I'm against it. <laughs> I dig that. I respect that. It's just annoying. It's really annoying work. And it might be annoying for the person listening, too. I don't know. Well, I don't... I haven't had to do much. There's just been a couple times where I've slipped and said something and been like, that... No. <laughs> yeah, sure. But... And then, like, this is, like... Or meta conversations, I sometimes take those out too, but not always. Yeah, I I leave ours in because it 
I'm what I'm hoping will eventually happen is that it'll be kind of like a, an anthology and record of just like a diary. Almost. Yeah. Uh, Kurt and I haven't really talked that much about ourselves. I'm, I'm kind of considering maybe starting episodes off when it's just him and me and hit record, but start before the scheduled time. And then he and I catch up a little bit and keep it on there and then welcome the guest and just have it go already. Oh, nice. Yeah. That <laughs> and like, cool. but, but send in a little message first and say like, these are the things you should know. And, you know, yeah, um, that would be cool. Yeah. It is like a diary though. Right. Like, damn, it's a cool way to think about it. Like, it's like, what if this was a video I was sending to my relative who's in space? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. On the vid screen. Why do they always call it a vid? That's the only <laughs> word that we don't shorten. They, they don't need to say vid screen. All the screens are vid. <laughs> right. <laughs> Is there an audio screen that I'm unaware of? Right. Dude. What the fuck? It's like, we, I just wanted to remind you that we're definitely in the future right now. Yeah. Like, fuck you. In the future. I, I, dude, I remember when I was young, this is one of my most prescient moments. I did predict that in the future, all words would be shortened. Really? Yeah. I mean, not all, wouldn't all of them aren't, but it's kind of a weird. Thing. Yeah. On the internet, they sort of are. Like, you've shortened a lot of stuff. Well, they're almost like I think there are two di two different ways you can go with almost any acronym these days. There's so many fucking acronyms, and it's I hate it actually. Yeah, I, I I don't use them. I I do my best to avoid them, and if someone uses one, I will I will play dumb and be like, I don't I don't know. Yeah, you're gonna have to tell me what that means. Because it's almost all, like say a... all the words. <laughs> yeah, well, it's almost like a sort of um. I don't know what the word for this is. It's almost kind of like a challenge of what you know. Like, what do you think you're better than me? Is... <laughs> yeah, it's you know what I mean. Like, if I don't know acronyms, the acronym, they have built-in pretension. Yeah, it's like a a snooty sort of yeah Except, name drop sort of thing. I love lol. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Lol. Lol. Yeah. Oh. Lol. Yeah. Well, yeah, I did love it. I think at this point I'm doing my best to to drop it out because somebody ruined it for me, I think. But just just putting it in when when you you're too cowardly to say the thing you mean to say. I think that's what I do actually. <laughs> I think that's I mean, exactly I what I've to, been I doing. To, I didn't mean to call you out. No, but. I think it's like um <laughs> No, it is though. You can call me out all you want. I don't care. Um, that's what iron sharpens iron, bruh. Respect. Um, it's like um, I think it's like it comes from a fear of being too direct or something, or like a fear of being misunderstood. Maybe like I have to like JK that shit because I hope you know that I'm joking or like. But I also think it's just kind of a symptom of having no inflection yeah like yeah my inflection is like fucking 90 percent of what i'm saying yeah same so yeah i i there's there's definitely a component of that too uh 
uh like when you when you're saying something as a joke but then it it's like if it's taken seriously it's really dark yeah you you mean it as a joke so there's a real tension to like i need to let people know that i mean this is a joke but but then it doesn't it's not as funny well think about it if you undercut it (laughs) it's not as funny if you undercut it for sure it makes me wonder like okay when you had to wait three months to hear the other person's response Mm. back in the day what's the difference like you just maybe didn't weren't as sarcastic as often i don't know like you know what i mean yeah it's when's the last time you actually wrote a letter did you write ever write one as a kid or anything? I, I wrote a letter pretty, like semi recently, but I don't write a lot. Yeah, it and like it's a very different way of thinking compared to the like weird snippets that uh, as the back and forth back and forth of online conversation. Because it's almost like when you write the letter, you are having a conversation with yourself. Yeah, like and you're and you're having to like narrate and like really think through what it is you're saying. Yeah. Uh, and you're not, you're also not delivering one sentence amidst 40 other sentences of other people, like all having different points. Yeah. 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 There's a sense of uh, monologue to it. Like you have the spotlight and, and, and there's a physical thing. Like your words, these words mattered enough that you, I had to give you an object to contain them. And um, and then also the fact that like, I'm not going to write a one page letter. It's going to take yeah. you, take it three months to get to you. I'm going to spend some fucking time and really yeah. like, be in, in the hopes that when you write me back, it also won't be like, here's a paragraph. Right. That'd be goddamn disappointing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel really lucky that like, more than a couple of the girls that I fell for and had a nice little time of some kind or another with throughout the years, were like into writing each other actual letters once we were apart or before Mm. we got together or in these like really romantic ways of even just across town, like still mailing uh, physical letters. I really love that. I had a different experience with it recently because my wife was incarcerated and I don't know so like okay I'll just tell the story so that's like super important when you're in there and um, it really like is just it changes your whole day or month, week or whatever and I wrote her all these ones that didn't get delivered Mm. Um, because I didn't know that you couldn't write a letter to someone else then we were in jail at the same time after a while and I didn't know you couldn't write to someone um, in another jail so when I got out and they gave me all my stuff they handed me this pile of letters that had never got delivered and they don't tell you that they didn't get delivered they just put them in your stuff and um it's a really it was a really heavy thing and 
by the time I could have gotten them to her, like we were so estranged and she was like, don't ever send me those. And so I burned them. Uh-huh. And it's like this whole... It's like that fucking Blade Runner quote, man. <laughs> All these moments, you know. I watch attack ships on fire off the shoulder of the line. <laughs> I see sea beams glittering in the dark outside the Tannhauser Gate. <laughs> you know? All these memories will be lost like tears and rain. And that's kind of heavy and whatever, like, but. Yeah, so I don't know why I told that, but we were talking about letters and that was my letter experience. It's interesting because like in the in the last month or so of when I was uh, the end of my relationship with with my ex before before my wife, like we had gotten a really bad spot and um often what would happen is this we got really bad and she would like she would write a little a, a note or a letter and then leave it on my desk and then i would read it it would sort of like it would be this like conciliatory like i'm gonna express myself and like uh but that happened again the last time i didn't even read it i just tore it up that's how that's when i was like this is over because i'm like i have no i'm not even willing to I'm not even willing to try this, like, in this very, like, contained. Because that's the other aspect of it is, like, it's, you get to really contain your thoughts and feelings and, like, really nuancedly express them. Um, but I, but I was like, I, I don't want, I don't want anything to do with that. I don't care anymore. Like, I'm so done with this. Like, I don't, um, and it's like, that's when I was like, yeah, this is really, this is seriously over. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the other thing is like I, I, what I was thinking about when you're talking about letters is that you would also pour over them like you'd revisit them multiple times I don't I don't revisit any of the conversations that I've had online not really like maybe every now and then I might be like oh what was that one thing that somebody said but it's not it's it's so ephemeral you're not studying handwriting that's the thing it's there's mm. something about like they they've sculpted the words themselves so this connects to magic, right? Because when I read a prayer, even if it's a prayer that, like, what, like I would say, I took one of your prayers and wrote it down on a piece of paper. It's going to be so much more effective and like connective when I read it than when I read it off my phone. And so I've gotten mm-hmm. into this habit of like reading shit off my phone, and I'm like, no, I used to write this stuff down in a book and read it out of a book. Mm. and there was something different about that that mm. i would need to, i need to get back into it but like what what why why um well it's interesting because it, it, if you put it in your own hand and you've like constructed it like i think you're starting to talk about this brian like like you you actually like Insidious. that's yeah there's another level of the prayer that you've engaged with like you've in a sense you've made it your own because it's become it's turned into your own words whether you even made those words or or put them in that order it, it doesn't went matter through me. Yeah, yeah it went through you to then be on that page so so there's an internalization that's happening there that is not the same as that being said you that you you make me feel ashamed because i've never done that so i should probably fucking do that um well right. to 
to second that, yeah, like that's, um, I have a, a book that I've consecrated in all sorts of creative ways. Like it was kind of like, I'm going to throw the book at this book Yeah, was my idea. And, um, and so I, I wrapped it in a bunch of plastic bags and I baptized it like down underneath the water. Cause like it others it right. That there's a book shouldn't be in the water mm. right? E ever. And oh, wow. I was thinking of the, um, the St. Cyprian, uh, the deck consecration in the Jose Leitel Sorcerer's Treasure book. How, uh, I forget what the face, I think it's on a Friday when the sun is at its peak. Um, you like wrap it in cloth and dump, like cr put it through an ocean wave, the deck of cards to consecrate it for Cyprianic divination. Mm -hmm. And so I was just kind of pulled from that. And was like, <laughs> so I did it in three different bodies of water. Um, I wanted to do more, but uh, it just didn't happen. And then, like, used a, a, a like some way, like, I basically called up all the daily angels and had them each bless the book and blah, blah, blah. But then, wow. um, and, and put all these little phylacteries and things, like, that I made separately and glued in to the covers, like, on the front and back and um, coated it in oil and things like that. But, like, so when I write, it's the same experience. When I write a prayer in there, it's like I've written inside of myself. It is like, it's then it's inside me. Um, and when yeah. I say it, it's like, it comes from a slightly different place. And I found the same thing happens with Namo Dasa, like after saying it a lot for a few months or whatever, um, Peter Jenks says something about it getting into the body in the book and and i find that that's true like now when i say it maybe the first however many will be coming from my mouth and i have to kind of look at the way that the the words and the shapes and the sounds are forming and that triggers something coming from the very center from like the belly and then all of a sudden it's like riding on its own and it's like it's like they're coming out on their own and i'm just like sitting there observing it so i think there's something about the writing it that puts it in in the same way that saying it over and over again puts it in well i can memorize it like that when i have written it it's weird ah uh, yeah that that's another point in that column then <laughs> yeah definitely that i never thought about it like that but it's true like i was like why can't i memorize shit oh, I'm, i never write it anymore i meant write it down burn it put the ashes in a glass of water and drink it oh shit yeah um write it in honey on a on a sheet of seaweed <laughs> nori it's cool yeah that sounds good and then eat it yeah oh, i used to do that for certain sigils if i wanted oh, that's them nice me, if i wanted them in me um okay that made me think also uh okay because i've actually the way i say namatasa has changed mm. and that's man i i don't know if i've read that part yet or what but like that's absolutely my experience too like it's like i'm it's like whereas before I was like I was kind of maybe like I don't know I felt like I was stumbling through it now I feel like I'm singing it mm. and it's happening even in a different voice you know and like my you might, body you might also moving. be getting partly possessed by Porcelatan teaching you how to say it yeah because <laughs> it seems like as soon as you get a uh, a locket or a talisman that's connected to one of the ajarns and it's like to them 
there's something about that that immediately I was like, oh, this is how I say it. Yeah. And it just it wow. just changed. So I don't know if the timing matches up for you. No, though, it's I know, a, that's I know exactly Kurt... the timing, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I, I know when Kurt got his LP top, uh, when put top uh, locket, right? Like, didn't didn't that happen to you too? Yeah, I like... I'm pretty sure I got possessed for a second. Yeah. Yeah. When I was when I was saying it. Because my voice like shifted even. And I felt I, I felt that weird, like, I'm kind of i'm kind of behind myself while this is going on a little bit like this is yeah not, like this is not exactly me and and i'm i'm like the way my voice is sounding right now sounds like this is what an old how an old Thai man would sound <laughs> yeah yeah that that weird like almost nasally kind of i don't know how to the thai language is very strange it's it's like a very yeah it's oddly comfortable to me to 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 pronounce things that way. I don't know what that's about, but it, it just feels really uh well because uh, the way that I was saying all all my like animist or Christian prayers were um had developed into becoming slower mm-hmm. and with space in between each word. Even if it gets fast, it would be like like Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. So there's as long as there's a pause in between, my ADD doesn't get away from me, mm-hmm. and like it pulls my attention with these this percussive way. So the way that the 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 katas in the Thai cult and in Buddhism, like the way that they do them, I'm like, holy shit, this vibes for me because that like namota sapakapato, like I don't yeah, fucking every sound. I I don't get lost at all. Like I'm with it, and I get entranced like so quickly comparatively. Yeah, it's interesting because like I I tend to say them pretty pretty fast. They're not they don't end up as I'm probably saying them more like how an English speaker would actually say them versus how a Thai person would say them. But yeah, actually mine has turned into that more, but well it's I think it's just different. I think I think it's different all over the place in Thailand. Like I I, Mm. it's like probably personal preference if it's fast or slow. It's yeah. It's Buddhism. I don't think there are that many wrong answers. There are. You turn into a toad. (laughs) Hell yeah. Toad time, baby. Let's go. (laughs) About to battle. It's like, it's not Christianity. They're not going to tell me how to praise Buddha. (laughs) (laughs) Just, Just like, don't put your, don't point at the altar with your feet. You know, that's it's not a lot of not a lot of huge things like that it doesn't seem but yeah i know know, like well our recordings of it even throughout the group of us that got talismans and shared recordings that we got of the kata like the namotasa was different in different recordings and and you go online and look at it and it's like sometimes it's aharato sometimes it's arahato like uh so yeah I, i don't know um it seems like one that's just been so heavily ingrained in the human consciousness through through years of repetition by very powerful people that like pick away and someone did it that way yeah. and probably did it well. So it's, it's fascinating. Yeah, because yeah. um, w- w- the recording I have of him is like, or maybe... Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's like this is the one I like, or like he's like this is how I like to do it now. 
Yeah. So it's like, okay, it even changes for you. Cool. Good to know. Probably depending on who At he's first, hanging out with. Yeah, I know for, for real. Like for me, it'd be like if I'm chanting with like this ajar in this week, like however they do it, so I'm gonna do it. Yeah, it's like that's how we jam it at this moment. I really want to learn more guitar. Like <laughs> then you get a then you get a new recording. It's just like it's pronounced Ninja Mama, pocketbook toe. Dude, there's a lot of mama. There's a lot of mama in there. Dude, Ninja Mama sounds cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's got to be a club night somewhere ninja mama yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> ah mama is come it's like a beckoning Oh, oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Mama. Mama. Oh, no. Yeah, it has the translation for one of them in uh, Thai, Thai called Book One. Huh. Nama Pata is the four elements. Om, awakening the universe. Piyang. Piyang is dear beloved or desired object. Oh, okay. Piyang Mama, desired object, come. come. Oh, come, yeah, oh, okay, wow. yeah. I mean, that's I, the, yeah. And that's... The, one of the adjarns says that it like might ruin it for Westerners to hear that it's just very basic, right? But, but not for magicians. Yeah, like no, we no, we no. hear that and it's like, yeah, I know you can repeat simple things and have them do things. Like that's, yeah. That's why I'm like looking into using fucking um, and angelic slash Enochian language to like translate some popular Christian prayers into that, um, but but really short ones or write totally new ones that are just like you're using this this mythical angelic speech that is supposed to be recognized by all of existence like source code. And so if you just make simple things like the guitar and you use the right like if you're giving offerings and you're projecting gratitude and your intention, you know, if you're using Samadhi to encode what you're saying, then like you're making your own heart guitar um, for different purposes. So I'm like really wanting to play with that more. I admire you for being able to do that. I tried that once and it was like, this is fucking impossible. Like I, I cause like, I want to write it one way in English, but then I go through that dictionary and it's like half the words I'm using. There's uh, there's not a translation uh, yeah. for. And you have like, to stick them together like it's Danish or German or something. Yeah, it's like really, <laughs> so it's like it's really janky. Yeah, I like how German does that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. But it also, for me, when the when you just think about the vagueness of ideas and how like the spirits aren't necessarily hearing you in English. It's like the, the ideas and feelings that are encoded and carried in the cloud with the, the, the vocals with the words. 
I think. So I, at least I think so like in my mind, it doesn't matter as long as it's vague enough or as long as it's specific enough to like hit that, the right color of energy or the right charge of, of like what you're, the point you're trying to get across. Mm. And, and all be, it, it all becomes musical in, in one way or the other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's interesting. That makes me think of like singing angel prayers. Mm. It's just kind of like how they want to be said. Well, like there's that thing about like talking to angels in a graveyard with a sing songy voice. Huh? Yeah. I usually I uh I don't do it as much anymore, but I used to like throat sing their names. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I, I do that too. Yeah. I trip like if I if I'm on a good day, I can get two tones. Like a, a lower throat and then like a higher um Yeah, I wanna I wanna be able to do that like that scene out of the new dune. I wanna be able the to start cars. But, yeah. yeah, the <laughs> but like the thing is is like I think my tendency is actually to do more of the like really high pitch whistly thing that comes out. Like I huh. that's that's developed recently and like it's like ah, I'm not that's gonna I'm not gonna be the that's... cool like. Man, that's how I've been saying Namatasa. It's like um, num, starting out like num, but like uh, vibrating it as much as I can. Yeah, and then leading into the rest of it. I don't know why it just felt good. You know what I mean? Well, you know, it's funny. There was uh, I watched a video once about someone talking about saying om. And they said that the thing, the key is that like at the end, the hum is you have to touch your tongue to the back of your teeth, your bottom mm -hmm. teeth. Mm -hmm. If you try it, it's crazy because it vibrates way deep into your body. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, that's neat. Yeah. Cool. Um, lert, lert. <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody else have the Lurzy Kata? Which one is it? That that one, the Om Lur Lur. No. no, I don't have. It's funny, I don't have that one. No, that shit is unbelievable. I don't know which one he referenced. He references one in the book and says that it's amazing and like it's like an education just to watch someone do it because it takes your whole torso. And like in the recording for this one, he said you have to use your whole body. Like your uh -huh. whole body. So I'm thinking, he said, like, give it some force with your stomach. So I'm thinking it is, but it's like, oh, lur, 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 lur. Like you kind of say, like, when I get in the zone with it, it's like lower. Like I'm not getting the throat opened right now, but like, yeah. if I'm in the right posture and it's open and it hits low, um, I, I go to places that are like thick jungle and I'm doing this sound and I'm hearing frogs in the background that sound a lot like it. Yeah. And then like I get the feeling of other people like and and there's this bobbing that happens that look lur because you're tightening your stomach muscles. Mm -hmm. So there's this like frogs doing this thing with their like and and other monks and, and aesthetics like around in the jungle that you're sensing. Like I just go to this fucking crazy place when I get in the zone with that one. Like doing an 108 of those like is amazing. I highly recommend Om Lur 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 Lur. And I think it's just Harkatov for Lurcy that's like universal because 
I've done it without like plenty without the amulet being involved and it it hits just as hard interesting i'm gonna have to try that because i i I have two lurcy and neither one of them came with that yeah so that rock kind of reminds me of how the rahu one is um the heart guitar for it is really simple it's just ma ma jawa oh nice i love that yeah and when you do it 108 times it like does something weird to your fucking head, man. Which is interesting because Rahu's a head. It like <laughs> it like it's you use your whole head and jaw to do it. Like it's weird. I don't know how to describe it. Mm. We're not sharing this. Um Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that it matters. I don't know if it matters. I it's like if you don't I mean, if you don't have the amulets, does it well, I don't know. Well, the only one, hey, the only one I I feel weird about is that there there's a there's one that I got for my um my Lekli that is like you're not supposed to write this down so I'm like well maybe yeah. I shouldn't share that one then. Jinx says in the in the new book that people have asked like for all of them and he's like it doesn't matter if you don't have the amulet. Okay, cool. Mm. So I don't think you're doing anything bad by sharing it. Yeah, I just didn't know if I was sharing someone's like super secret someone's shit so cool yeah <laughs> i mean I hope we're making this all up people this is all yeah. nonsense <laughs> uh, there my favorite one is the one for um Luang popina's all amulet like his standard amulet one um and it's it's just beautiful it's like puten kanteng saranan a puten kanteng saranan a puten namo ya nate sute maha sute nacha and it just it gets stuck in my head. And yeah, I, like, I love it when they get stuck in your head, dude. Four mornings in a row, I woke up and it was playing like a song. And I was just like, that's so beautiful. And it's, you know, pry from a, a, a holy, like a nun, like a Buddhist nun who died in an accident. So it's like this beautiful woman singing the kata to me in the morning. And it was just the most magical thing. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah, so um, some of them remind me a little bit of like they have just vowels, right? Mm -hmm. And you're like kind of just like it's like vibrating vowels, which reminds me of like a lot of the ancient Christian prayers, man. Yeah, it's you PGM know? shit. Yes, it's like Greek Greek alphabet, holy stuff. Which just uh, if. Some of those you just do, and it just turns into like, ah! you're just like bellowing shit out of the out of the universe because it's just like, how do you put e i e i e i e three hundred letters in a row? How do you? What yeah, does that how do you sound pronounce like? seven u's? <laughs> yeah. But then like, so like in like some of that I am, stuff. <laughs> I am old McDonald who had the farm. E i e i o. Oh damn! We should make that and see if it works. <laughs> draw the livestock to me <laughs> wait old mcdonald's an archon no <laughs> mcdonald's <laughs> 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 something there sold that's uh 
I would, I would, uh, if I was the, if I was the Sardaukar chant guy, I would have worked that in for sure. To make, make sure to conjure, make sure to conjure the Big Mac and work your way. Then, then you have to like work through the Big Mac to get down to the dollar menu items. Yeah, because it, it's a hierarchy. You have right, to. <laughs> and dude, if you're gonna talk to the grimace, you're gonna make. <laughs> <laughs> gotta make sure you haven't been working with the Hamburglar, you know. <laughs> oh, great purple mystery, unknown shambling monster. <laughs> what are you? <laughs> oh, flesh wrapped in flesh, dude. <laughs> okay, so that got put into the collective unconsciousness like what <laughs> what happens when you create a mythology that's based on hamburgers and french fries and insert that into the collective unconsciousness through commercials <laughs> like that's magic but like what is being done there i don't i think it's kind of um Maybe not advisable. You, I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird because it's it's real, but it's real and like, but it's all two dimensional. Like it's a, it's like everything is like a flat. Like, be, what? But couldn't there be medicine for it? Like, like what if we wrote our own? We are our own. Like, well, of of the McDonald's. Like, you take the one that's already in the collective unconscious, and then you make it something legit, and you're like. You write this anthology of all these. Well, characters. maybe that's what maybe that's who Agrippa McRib works with. Not to speak. Oh my on, god, on we're turn. doing it! Oh my god, you're right. You're we right. are. We are. We are doing it. Oh my god. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh wow. Okay, for our listeners, should we? Are we allowed to tease at this at least? Yeah, it's fine. It might yeah, never I happen, and say, people don't to, care. It might yeah, happen. No, they don't care, and they're not listening. I got to sit down and finish mine, but yeah, I got to start mine, but I, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I started, I started strong and then I don't know what the fuck's going on now, but, but you know, winter's coming and winter is time when I I write and I sit still a lot more, Um, but, but yeah, we're, we're, we're all going to work on a character that's going to be in a universe. Um, Like it's a, it's a multi, a multi-dimensional multi-universal character. So there, there don't have to be any consistencies between our own iterations of the character. Um, and I think all that we are going to tell you for now is that his name is Agrippa McRib, Rib. Hobo Shaman. <laughs> oh, man. And even the way that that came about is almost kind of. Because what was it like? It was a miss. It was a um, it was misheard. Yeah. Right. It was a yeah. malaprop. I don't even actually remember how it happened. <laughs> I, I'm trying to. I think I think Tim said McRib. I, think, and I said McRib you... is back. Oh, we were talking about. Um, we were actually talking about magicians returning in like other lives or something. Well, no, maybe we. See, I. I just remember you said McRib and then Brian heard said Agrippa. Is back. Yeah, yeah, and then Brian heard Agrippa and was like was like shitting on Agrippa. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow they turned. 
Dude, the coming of the McRib. <laughs> McRibba. Yeah, they, I think they. Yeah, they. That's that's McDonald's trying to like write a grip out of our consciousness. Is just make something that sounds like it. It's <laughs> total trash and addictive. Yeah, it's like pretty much styrofoam and crack cocaine. I think. Yeah. Makes Maybe some good. MSG. Well, mine was centered around the big chicken. Griffin McRib needs to trips the big chicken. <clears throat> Which ties into Nightbird Radio being dude, I've got a lot of chicken stuff going on, man. Yeah. <laughs> and I I mean I have I have fucking 13 chickens out in the barn right now. Nice. Yeah, this is it goes deep. I don't know why, but I keep imagining all of Agrippa's tales being like like I know mine takes place, it's gonna be taking place somewhere uh Appalachia around those parts. Oh, interesting. Mine's mine is set directly around the big chicken in Marietta. <laughs> yeah. Oh Marietta, Georgia. Uh, in fact, um ah, I'm trying to decide if I should wait to wait. talk about any of this. Yeah. You should wait. Yeah. Especially with something like I feel like okay. When I talk about the story I'm writing, it's it takes energy like, out of it. Yeah, yeah, it deflates it a bit. It's yeah. kind of like a like doing it working too, like you know, like yeah. I don't know how much of that is like my brain associating, like talking about it. It can't tell the difference between talking about it and doing it, and so it gets it derives the satisfaction. And this is a totally materialist, like explanation right but whatever like there's something about okay i'm gonna start over and try to do this better there's something about when i talk about something i'm going to do that totally takes the wind out of doing that thing and so like i've actually been like learning this a lot because i really like to talk about shit Mm -hmm. but like my spirits have actually been like stop and not like you never can talk about this again. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like try not talking about it. And like I feel like it's it's almost like the power remains in the system that I'm working within and it like supercharges it. Do you have that it's, experience at all? It's like incubating a seed. Yeah. Because and I, and I actually have this theory that the uh, whatever it is that hates life so much that it keeps popping back up every few hundred years and creating an empire, <clears throat> uh, that whatever that thing is, I think it crafted like social media emerged into the world, places like Twitter, that it's so that you have a half formed idea or just like the mm. beginning of an idea. And you go and you share it before it has a chance to grow into oh, an actual worthwhile, life-changing, world-changing product. Yeah, it's so like, holes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's draining the bucket before it can fill up enough to like, yeah, to, to go make a sandcastle. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, I I think about all the art that isn't being made because people p- people aren't sitting there with their their feeling and letting it like fester and grow and, and evolve and, and going through that internal alchemy until it splatters out onto a canvas or like 
you know, fucking whatever. Uh, it just, it gets shared and then it's done. And then, and I, and I, and I get this because I feel like, uh, I don't know, I, I'd like to know what the humor is for this, but the humoral theory behind it, but, but I feel like I'm very steamy. Like I have a lot of, like I have a lot of earth, like sedimentary kind of stuff going on in my chart, but it's all very low hum. And then I, I feel like I have, elementally speaking, there's this sense of hot water where like I boil easily and like always have, and there's steam. And I, so like, if I do something that annoys me in the moment, I'll be like, fuck, goddamn, fuck. And then I don't carry any of it with me. Mm. Right. And if something annoys me that someone does, like I might go to someone who's close to me and complain about that thing, like an asshole for 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. And then I'm over it forever and I'll never think of it again. Yeah. But whereas if I, if I didn't let that little bit of steam out of the valve, um, I might treat them differently the next time I talk to them because I've got a lot of Scorpio going on in my chart. Yeah, and like, I, <clears throat> so I, I think about that same mechanic in these other terms. And, and, you know, if you're letting the steam out before it's ready to, before, or, or whatever, I think it's, it's different than steam. It's more like life growing, um, more like uh, something, something forming into, into what it wants to become. Yeah, just imagine all the art that isn't being made because people just tweet instead of letting that feeling even even the frustration of not sharing something and not being understood like uh that's where art comes from like yeah a lot of the time um, that's, that's why you take the trouble to write the whole fucking book <laughs> sorry but no, it's it's interesting what you're talking about, like having to express that uh, that agitation because I, I have that thing like I, my wife has a hard time understanding that. Like I'll get upset and like she wants to calm me down and I'm, I'm, I'm like, no, just let me do this. And then it's over. Like, let me let me express this. And then you, like I won't be mad anymore. But you wanting to contain this is just going to make me stew on it. And it's yeah. never going to go away. It's like I just need to get this out of it and then like we could deal with it, but just like let me be upset. <laughs> yeah. That's a funny Yeah, thing. it's like when the wind gets knocked out of you and you're like, just let me be dead for a second. And but like people are running up to check on you, you're like, go away. Yeah. And yeah, like you stub your toe and like, are you okay? And it's like, shut the fuck up, I'm hurting. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have to apologize later. And yeah. you know. So you're in pain and you're in shame, like <laughs> all because someone else wanted to help when they couldn't anyway. It's interesting how often we're kind for ourselves and not yeah. for the other person. In, in those little ways, yeah. Like even really selfless people don't see how selfishly they are, you know? Yeah. You can't escape it. <laughs> Well, there's like, so, yeah, because a lot of it is still me wanting it to come out the way that I want it to be instead of me being okay with however it's going to be. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Which is okay, but like, it's not helping much. You, you mean like the idea of perfecting a thing? <sighs> or, or 
are like kind of like like helping helping someone in a selfish way like you're talking about like it's like a lot of the time like the way that works right is like me wanting it to be okay so that I'll feel okay about it because that's the way that I want it to be rather than me learning to be okay with how it is uh huh okay not that we shouldn't ever try to change anything but like I don't know that might be a tangent but like Oh no, not a tangent. <laughs> We'd never do that. <laughs> this whole thing is a tangent. It's just a big ramble. Which is yeah. the, which I mean that's what most conversations are. They just drift to different locations. Um I think I know I think I understand what you're saying. It's kind of a very specific Yeah. It, there's a yeah I'm trying to think of a good example like well like the thing like running up to to help like what are you actually going to do for me if the air has been knocked out of my lungs are you going to fucking put it back in so like really you are trying to help for yourself because you can't handle watching that happen to me yeah, it has it's, nothing it's to like, do with me. Oh, they care. Well, yeah. yes, they. What is it specifically that they care about in that moment? It's the emotions of the trauma of seeing someone they like, or just another human, be you know in us in that state. And like, what's important for the person who needs to catch their breath is to to relax and to focus and to not be assaulted with questions they can't answer because they don't have any breath in their lungs. Yes. Yeah, it's it's a really interesting thing. And that that kind of nuance is what drove me almost to insanity when I was a child. <laughs> Just yeah. analyzing every little like, but this doesn't actually mean and and just no one ever wanting to fucking hear it. And I'm like genuinely trying to explore this. Like, well, but but they say this and then but yeah. <laughs> no one wants to talk about it. Okay. I guess I'll learn to try and ignore this stuff. <laughs> Push it down deep. It didn't work that well. Yeah. It's not staying down. I need more drugs. <laughs> well, now no one wants to hang out with me. What the <laughs> fuck does it take? Yeah. Brutal, man. <laughs> Yeah, we'll just incarnate better next time. That's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> just gonna just show up in Thailand or something. Just grow up and get adopted by an Ajaran at age eight and <laughs> get some shit done. Right. I think I might take some time off. <laughs> you know? It's gonna be a penguin a couple couple lives. Just be a penguin. Like stay disincarnate. <laughs> stay a fucking spirit for a while that might not be bad i mean i mean i honestly don't think that i wanted to be incarnate at all this time around i i i distinctly remember like like no you have to fucking <laughs> pushed in press ganged into the apocalypse huh <laughs> bummer dude <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I know that better. It was like maybe maybe I just had second thoughts at the last minute. You know? Oh yeah, like, like no, you already you already said skydiving. Yes, yeah. I've never been skydiving, but I imagine that's what it would be like, right? Oh yeah. Oh, I'd be riding home in the plane. <laughs> yeah. It's the, it's the kid with the when the the buckle thing comes down on the roller coaster. It's like oh yeah, fuck. <laughs> fuck. it's like when you're you're taking a perfectly safe cliff dive, but then you hesitate at the end and like bust your head open because you <laughs> hesitated. Yeah, <laughs> I always have that moment where like uh you know when you're faced with that sort of fear, I revert to being a child, and in that moment, I like grasp for anything, any excuse. And I always, I always land on, do not tempt the Lord thy God. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, it's, I'm like, you're not religious, you fucking coward. <laughs> yeah. Wait, how many grams was that? Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I don't feel no, it yet, that... bro. I'm gonna take more. <laughs> <laughs> That's only ever happened to me with acid, I think. Woo. That's like, yeah. It's... Well, it's been an hour and a half, and I don't feel anything. I either got ripped off or it's just really weak. And either way, taking one or two more is gonna be fine. And then like <laughs> 10 minutes after that, you're high as fuck, and you're like, oh no. This is just the first peak. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is the sandbar. That <laughs> everything, man. Yeah. You know, we have like four. There, there are probably sixty amanitas in our yard right now, and like sixty in the front yard, out front, and nowhere else in in, the, in our village have I seen any. Oh wow! And, and mm. like, I'm the patron saint of our place, of our this place before the Reformation, like when it was built, Saint Nicholas of Mira, <laughs> like the one that eventually got woven into fairy lore and handed out amanitas at Christmas. Like it, it's a little on the nose. It's <laughs> well, you're gonna have to you have to tell us how those are. Yeah, I don't know yet. I'm I'm scared. Yeah. I'm scared of them. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, you dry. You have to dry them out, and then, uh, boy, there's a there's a lady Amanita dreamer that talks about doing them. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah, I know kind of like what you need to do. It's just the idea that uh, I've read about it a bit, and you know it's totally random what that experience will be like well not yeah, random but it, the, the 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 parameters are beyond your knowing and and it doesn't matter if you do everything right it can it can be violent and painful or you can go crazy or it can be enlightening and empowering dealer's uh, choice huh <laughs> and you ain't the dealer yeah <laughs> yeah but but I think, you know, making like a tincture and doing a couple drops and then meditating for a while, you know, and just testing your dosage over time. I thought it evened out if you drank the piss of someone that ate oh. it first. Is that just a myth? No, that's real. Um, there's actually, I have a good book. Uh, well, some of it's good. Some of it's presumptuous. But um, a book about magic mushrooms and religion, alchemy. I don't know. Or is it the mushrooms and Christian art one? One of those books has some stuff about 
some cool stuff about um, Krishna and being blue and the myth of like holding up the mountain and then like like think about a blue skinny thing holding up a mountaintop which looks a lot like a psilocybin mushroom mm. um, being bruised and there's there's really really cool uh symbolism stuff analyzing analyzed in there but um some some of it like i said it's a bit meh but um but there's some good stuff and and it goes into how that's recorded that a lot of there are a lot of gurus and teachers that would basically feed their piss to their disciples mm -hmm. uh, it's also a thing in sami tradition uh drinking reindeer piss yeah that's because that's why the reindeer isn't okay and that's why the flying yeah 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 like so santa you, again fly. again santa's yeah saint nicholas berries and reindeer somehow there were, did you know there were cults of St. Nicholas? Like, because St. Nicholas is a very magical, like, it was very worshipped and venerated as a magical saint that performed miracles and gave gifts and things. And I've never worked with him really in that way. I've just given him, like, homage and incense and things for, like, hey, I live in your, I live in your house. So, yeah. um, like, he always gets one when I get a new amulet on top of what I give the land spirits. Um, uh, that would That would make sense. And any working I do is better if I address him and say thanks. And, but, uh, but yeah, I've never worked with him beyond that. I think it'd be kind of fun to try. But I just think it's really interesting. He was just huge in these parts, like in Northern Europe and, and in Germany, like there were cults. It's, it's fascinating. Hmm. Do you think that's points towards him being some, having some Odin connection? Cause You'd think like that's a good cover. That's interesting. I mean, I don't know. I know there's that people say that, and I don't know anything about. I've never heard that. Oh yeah. Uh -uh. But it, it it could be. I I've heard the patron saint of Denmark, who was the last king of Denmark. He was killed by his own people. So there's this interesting like romantic death thing that happened and it happened in Lunza, which is Odin's sanctuary it translates to. So didn't he also have one eye or something? I don't think Knuda had one eye. Okay. But uh or Knut, I don't remember how it's said, but there's it's not a very rare name <laughs> in this part of the world. But like he, yeah, he was killed by his own people in the town that's called Odin's Sanctuary. And he was called the last Viking king of Denmark. Hmm. Um, so there's this really interesting, like after that it became much more Christian and much, it, it changed a lot. But it's also said that he was an incarnation of Odin, that he was actually Odin. Wow. So the idea of like before Christianity really came in, his own people literally murdered him in his sanctuary. Uh, like that's that's the myth that emerges when when the people of Denmark say Saint Canuta, it's actually Odin, was like we murdered our own god in his sanctuary and then ushered in the new so era. That's almost exactly like what happened to Christ. 
kind of, yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Except his, his... The new era was... Hold on, your my internet connection's messing up, so I can't understand you. Like it, Odin was getting ushered out. Oh. Or was he? <laughs> yeah. Um, I have different opinions on that. Mm. I think he kind of snuck in. Can y'all hear me? Yeah, I can. There's a I'm big having, delay I had a now, weird delay. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Um, so I. Yeah. It's like a reverse Uno card. You're saying you're saying he, he basically he gets he gets killed as Odin, so he can he can come back in a disguise as like, hey, I'm Jesus now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Is that kind of yeah? Because there was something that I fuck it. I'm just gonna say there was something I asked Odin one time, and I said, "How does it? How do you feel about being completely subsumed by this other religion?" And what he said was, "How do you know they weren't subsumed by me?" And this idea of like worshiping a hanging corpse you know mm. yeah yeah I don't know I, that could I also be like, just well I, I, I have personal feelings about how uh, the, there's an archetype of uh, like super all important man and slash god type uh that i think is it might just be like there might just be like one really big being that has like a kaleidoscope of of aspects or something uh because i've had i've had experiences with where like jesus and lucifer were like like imagine like a diamond cut and like um different like the top point was one and the bottom point was the other uh, they were just like these different aspects of the same shape of um, this purity, intensity, and knowledge just delivered in different ways. Um, and yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> there's there's something to the way that they all sort of, there aren't hard, hard lines, I don't think, between spirits. Yeah. In a lot of cases, in a lot of cases, they kind of bleed and you can almost like follow one to the other and in between there's probably all these weird forgotten deities that you know throughout history and yeah are yet to be met yeah like i like um the emanatory cosmology right like and i don't right like just to think with i don't think i don't can't know how it really is right or like i'm never gonna say definitively but i just like that concept i think it leaves a lot of room and that's kind of like i get like it is a spectrum of things um damn there was something about to, i was about to say i was going there somewhere with that 
and I lost it, man. Mm. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, imitatory model, like different different masks of the same god. Um, I'm trying to see if I can jog it for you. The blending uh, and in between, the in between of of different gods. No, I don't. It's gone, man. I don't know. Okay. I might be spent, to be honest. Yeah, I'm, I'm hungry. And we talked for like an hour before we started recording because it was just fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's probably... I mean, it's like one thirty, and I'm supposed to go to church in the morning. Oh, boy. Oh, okay. shit. No, it's all in Danish, so I can only understand every 10th word, but... Does it just does it conk you out? Do you fall asleep a lot? Oh, actually, there are two baptisms tomorrow, and they're both in English. Oh, I just found out there's somebody from Michigan living in this village. Oh shit, that's <laughs> awesome, dude! And my family is from Ohio, and I was like, I'm when I Michigan. finally when I finally write into them, I'm gonna be like, go Buckeyes, <laughs> <laughs> dude! That will be an ex a surreal experience, man. <laughs> and then they'll be like. Like, bro, oh, you're a Buckeye fan. And I'll be like, no, I don't really care. I'm from Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, yeah. Man. This has been a good uh our our 20th episode and a nice a nice way to do a swap cast with uh with our, our like sister show. And yeah. uh and also give teasers for the episodes where you'll be on where we do uh where we do some things that were deeply encoded in this one. Yes. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. Well, I had a great time talking to you guys as always. Thanks always for having. <laughs> go ahead, Kurt. No, I was, I was waiting for the motorcycle <laughs> to go by. Are you still hear it? No, it's, it's gone now. Oh, that was Ed Harris. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> haunting us yeah. never leave We're us talking shit <laughs> I heard what you said that was my Ed Harris impression it wasn't really different from my own voice <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna put you in a Truman show I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna put, put you the top in rope the Truman show I'm gonna put you in a Westworld <laughs> oh wait yeah Holy shit. I know. He loves being a demiurge. <laughs> Typecast yeah. as the demiurge. Yeah, he just lost his looks a little young, you know? He just started looking a little bulbous, gnarled. Gnarled. Like that, yeah. like, like that fairy author uh, or <laughs> artist, that artist that does the fairy art, like Potato. Brian Froud. Yeah, Brian oh, Froud. Froud. What happened to him? Did he did he wither or something? I don't know about no, that. No, he's just always looked like a gnome. He just looks more like a gnome every day. That's probably why he's so good at gnome drawings. <laughs> yeah, well, there's an interesting thing about him. He won't let anyone in his studio. No one has ever been in his studio. Because there's, there's fairies in there? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Uh, like nice. his wife, his kid, is no one. No one's allowed in. You can stand at the door and look in, but you can't. You can't step over the threshold. Whoa! Yeah, 
So like, wonder... yeah, no, I like that. I, I think places are important. Like if you can, I think, I think ideally everyone should have a home where, where like each room has a de designated function and you never like, you never work in the bedroom and you never, you know, sleep in the. Yeah. yeah. Dude. So like, have you ever gotten real depressed and you start eating in bed a bunch? Yeah. It mm. fucks your shit up. Mm. yeah and it, that's a that's a very technical what thing i'm saying I yeah know, i'm not gonna talk <laughs> anymore <laughs> well the, the doing um like when i was i took like a, like a year's worth of college and when i did it in it like laying in bed and doing studying and writing papers that fucks your world because like you go to bed to go and you can go into that hyper focus mode again. Yeah. yeah that's just a recipe for insomnia right there. Yeah. Yeah. And if you think about it, that's like you're expected. A lot of people like go to dorms and it's fucking crazy. Like you do everything from the same bed. <laughs> yeah. That that reminds me of uh, something a friend of mine told me once where he was, he was like, uh, you know, this is one morning I was, I was, uh, I poured myself a bowl of Cheerios and I started eating it. And then I really had to take a shit. So I went to the bathroom and I sat down and I was eating the Cheerios while I'm taking a shit. And then I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> yeah, this man. is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> is that a bridge too close? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just pour the bowl, pour the Cheerios into the toilet. Like, what are you waiting on? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, just cut out the middleman completely. <laughs> that's like a one person human centipede <laughs> I don't know if that makes any sense but it sure took me to a place <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's the perfect ending <laughs> yeah the Ouroboros <laughs> Hell yeah. All right. <laughs> Y'all have a great night. You, you too, too, man. <laughs>